Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Kingdom Life with Matt Boshears. I hope that this week's podcast encourages, inspires, strengthens, and most of all, gives you a deeper understanding of the kingdom of heaven. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss out on any of the episodes. And if you think someone else needs to hear about this podcast, please go and share it. Now, let's get into this week's podcast. Hello, and thank you for tuning in today. I hope you guys are having a great week, and we're just going to dive on into this uh, today. Um, Today's uh, topic I'm going to be talking about um, is, I believe, um, could be a little controversial um, with what I'm saying. Uh, I would say that Probably there's not a lot of uh, views on what I'm about to say um, and uh, kind of could be looked at as um, completely out in left field, Uh, but we're going to talk about the call of God uh, today and, and what that looks like and what I believe religion has manipulated uh it to be. And uh, yes, I uh, have chosen that word uh, manipulated uh, and very intentionally. Um, I believe that uh, the call of God has been distorted um, and been misconstrued and used to manipulate um, people. Uh, I was raised up in a uh, a culture where after you receive salvation, uh, one of the first things you got is you uh, prayed to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, with evidence of speaking in tongues. And we should probably talk about that at a later uh, day. And then the next thing that you were to do was to fulfill or to seek God to find the call of God on your life. And it was pushed right after, I mean, it was salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, call of God. Uh, And I think that that has been uh, talked about and presented in a way that is out of line with uh, the Bible. Um, and, and, you know, constantly hearing the phrase used in church of asking God to show you his call in your life or, um, you know, and then seeing people pulled out of, you know, altar services or, or worship, you know, and you know, I came from a very charismatic, uh, Pentecostal background. Um, and to see that, you know, people called out, uh, and prophesied over that God has a call on their life. Um, I'm questioning a lot of things with that. Um, I mean, to be honest, uh, the whole charismatic, uh, sense, and I'm, I'm I'm to be very careful what I say here. Um, but I'm questioning a lot 
of the things that I saw that was supposed to be the move of God. Um, and now looking at it, I'm just like, it was just emotion. It was, um, it, it was hype. You know, it really wasn't driven by the presence because now what I understand what the presence is and what happens in his presence, uh, a lot of the charismatic things that I saw, um, I'm beginning to question. Um, and this is one of the things that, uh, through talking, um, with, uh, spiritually mature, uh, people who, um, are, uh, ministers, uh, pastors and breaking down this, I've really begin to, uh, rephrase, um, what I talk about, what I, what I used to refer to the call of God on someone's life and, and to be intentional with how I'm using it or not using it. Um, because I believe that, and I'll talk about this later, but that there's this, when you're taught, when you're told to uh, pursue the call of God on your life, it puts this pressure on you, um, that you need to, you're, you have to go find this. You have to go seek God to find out what he wants you to do. What is your purpose? What, what is his goal for you in your life? And it, I know as a young adult growing up, it was um, pushed on me so much to find the call that it, it um, was almost like this thing that I was I was striving to find that and not striving to find my identity in him um, and to seek after him and to seek after his, his presence. I was just more caught up with the call of God. And I think that um, pushing that so much on uh, a group, especially young converts uh, who are new to Christianity or who are new to uh, following Jesus, that it, uh, it can cause them to pursue the wrong uh, way. It can, it can push them in the wrong direction of what they're supposed to be pursuing. Um, and when I look at the call, the call of God, um, this is what I believe it is. It's very simple. Um, it's nothing hard. It's nothing that I have to seek after. Um, and, uh, it's taken from Mark sixteen fifteen. Um, and this is where he's, Jesus is ascending and he says, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And if you ask me, uh, that's it. That's the call of God. Wrap it up, send it out, tear down, we're done. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll see you next week. I'm just <laughs> like, that's where I want to get. Like, it's it's that simple. And it has been made so complicated now that it's like we need to find the call of God on our life in, in our prayer time and and um, be, be seeking after it 24-7 to find out what he's wanting us to be doing and what he has created us for. And I'm, I'm 
I'm like, that's, that's not it anymore. That like, that's not it. And I don't believe that was ever the true intention was, um, for once we fought, became followers of Jesus that we now had to, uh, pursue after some role. Um, and you know, as, as most have as heard that in Mark sixteen fifteen, you know, it's called the great commission. And I believe that's just what, um, what the call is and other things that I see throughout the scripture that, um, I would say align with, uh, the great commission and what I believe that we are called to do. And the call on our life is, and that is to love thy neighbor as thyself. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. That's the call. You know, seek first the kingdom of heaven, not seek first what you're supposed to be doing. Not seek first, find purpose. No, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. I believe that is the call of God in our life. To be a witness, to be a light, to be the salt, to love thy neighbor, to seek God, to seek after the to seek after the kingdom of heaven. And then everything else comes in. It's everyday aspects that we should be doing throughout our life with our neighbor. We are called to be like Christ and to look at what his life looked like and that we are called to mirror it. Not look for a specific uh, title or job or specific location or people or specific time that we're supposed to be called to. And I think that when we get this concept, it releases a lot of pressure off of us to not be pursuing something, but to be but to be pursuing him. You know, when we look at uh, the word called in the Bible, it's not giving as an assignment. Um or they were called to blank. I look at it's an invitation. It's an invite, a call to. Uh, Jonah wasn't called to Nineveh. It says the word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, arise, go to Nineveh. No, that, that wasn't his calling. That was where he was sent to fulfill the call. And I'm going to get to that uh, quickly um, or here in a little bit on fulfilling the call and what that looks like um, and or what we use to fulfill it. Um, you know, and I, because I you know seeing that, uh, you know, you know, in, in Matthew 22, 14, it says many are called, but few are chosen. That word called there is referring to again, an, an invitation, um, an invite. Um, it, it's a to come to. Um, and I believe that it is the call, uh, the invite to come to Jesus, to meet the bridegroom, 
the call that's sent out is come into his presence. Come, come lay your burdens down. Come find rest. Um, live a fulfilled life through him. Find fullness of joy. Find fullness of peace in him. And that is the call sent out. And that is the call that we are supposed to um, be producing and, and to sending out. And that is, again, the call of God on our life is to be the call, to be his hands, to be his feet, to be his body. Um, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians seven seventeen, uh, Paul is talking um, about leading the life, and he's talking to the Corinthians here, about leading uh, living the life that God has assigned to you and to which God has called you. And uh, many I have heard refer to that God is, you know, telling them that they need to find their job and find what God is wanting them to do to, um, to how he's wanting them to be used. But when you look at what was going with uh, the Corinthian church there in Corinth, um, in that context, when you see what was going on, that there was a lot of division in the church, uh, corruption, uh, sexual immorality, uh, a lot of outside influences coming in. And what Paul was saying here was saying the life that God has assigned to you and to which God has called you. Um, you know, we I believe that God, when we accept Jesus to be our Lord and Savior and we follow after him, that there is a degree of separation that we are supposed to have from the world. Um, we are, you know, we are called out from among the world. And that is what he's, he's saying here, you know, that God, that the life that God has assigned to you and to which that God has called you, it is a life of consecration unto him. It's a life of righteous do of righteousness. It's a, it's a life of, and I, this is an old school term that some people don't like, but a, a life of holiness that there is a line that I walk, not because I have to out of punishment, but because um, I want to be separate from the world. And um, my life should show that. Again, not because of punishment, but because of love. I, I love him so much that I want my life to be pleasing unto him. And it's very, and I've talked about this before, that sin cannot dwell in God's presence. And so therefore I want my life to be sinless and have a life of righteousness um, that is pleasing unto him so that I may glory in his presence. So that when I come into his presence, I don't have to spend the first uh, 20 minutes of my prayer time asking for forgiveness just so I can enter into a complete the complete presence with him. But Paul is talking to his, the Corinthian church here about uh you know straighten up, get back in line, get back on the right path that God has that God wants you. Don't be doing things that you're not supposed to be doing that um you're you're supposed to st- um set aside when you come into the kingdom of heaven. Not looking for a, this is what you're supposed to be doing in the aspect of specific uh, call or specific job title or things like that in your life. 
And now I know you've now, and I know that you know we heard people say that I was called to preach, or I I felt the call of God on my life to uh, be an evangelist, or I felt the call of God, and I believe that God uh, equips us. Um, I'll just I'll just go into it. So, so when you look at pastors, um, uh, you know, preachers, evangelists, prophets, and all that. You know they're referred to as um, gifts, and that is where I believe um, we get call and gift. We get them mixed up, and it, it's not the call. I don't have, so like um, when you look at the five fold ministry, the five gifts um, that are given to the church. It is apostle, prophet, evangelist, preachers, teachers. The fivefold ministry, and when you look at those, and you read that uh, it says you know those are given to the church uh, for building up of the of the saints. And let me flip real quick. Um. And I believe it, and yes, it's here in Ephesians 4.11 um, is where I'm getting this. So, uh, again, want to give you scripture. Um, and, you know, we see that those are, those are gifts uh, that are given. And what I believe in my heart, and, I, and this is with sense, true sincerity, that we need to stop saying, I have the call of God in my life to be a pastor. I am called to be a teacher. I am called to, uh, to be an evangelist. I'm called to this. I'm called to that. Um, I believe that we need to stop saying that. Um, and, and, and And this is why this is this is where I'm coming from. Okay, when you see that scripture and you see that reference um, with the fivefold ministry, it says, "And he gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, or shepherds, uh, and teachers to equip the saints." That when you look at the fivefold ministry, those are for the saints. Those are for building up. Those are for equipping the saints. And here's something that, like, another popular thing that, like, I believe that the church is not for the lost. And I, I'm going to say that again: the church is not a place for sinners. That's not that is not what the what it was it's supposed to be. We, as the body of Christ, are for the sinners. And we are to take out the uh, representation. We are to take Christ to those. When you look at the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, um, and she has an encounter with Jesus at the well, she goes to her town and she begins to tell the people about Christ, about who, who he is and what he has done in her life. And she says, come see the man that has shown me that told me my whole story and she brings them to, and she brings the town to Jesus and they believed 
in Jesus based on what she said. But then when they come into contact with Jesus, then they believe what she said, not on her, because of her words, but then they believe because based off of their personal encounter that they had with Jesus Christ. And I believe that's what we are to do. We are for the sinners. We are for the lost. The followers of Christ are for those who are lost. And the, again, the call to go out and preach the gospel. And in turn, when we go out and we represent Christ and we are we give Christ to the lost and we show love and affection and compassion like Jesus did, then they believe through what we are telling them. They believe through what they see in us. And we bring them to Christ, not to a facility. And, I, and we look at the fivefold ministry here is to equip the saints to do just that. And that I believe that with these gifts to build the saints, we all have gifts on, and talents in our lives. And how we take those gifts and those talents that God has given us. Like, um, for instance, I have the gift of when I get it in front of people, I can talk in front of people. Um, not so much in a podcast. Um, sometimes it takes me a few takes uh, and I got to go back and delete, um, especially an intro. The intros are the worst. Um, but, um, and saying, um, like I do, if you notice, I say, um, probably a thousand times in uh, a podcast. And now that I've actually pointed out, you people are probably gonna be listening, but I believe that I have the gift on my life of public speaking. And therefore, um, I use that gift in preaching and, I use that gift that God has given me to fulfill the call that God has on his followers to preach, to go and present the gospel. So I use the, so the gift on my life as a preacher, you would say, I use that gift and I stand in front of people and I present the gospel and then therefore the call is fulfilled. But and we're supposed to so what I'm saying here, and I want to drive this home, this point home, so it does not get lost in what I'm saying. That the fivefold ministry is to equip and build up the saints. That way they can take what they are equipped with out of the church into the world, be the light, be the salt of the earth win people for Christ, and then, in turn, bring people, bring those who have found him, who are now looking for community community with other believers, and bring them to church. Now, I'm not saying that we are to discourage sinners from walking into the church. That is not what I am saying. Um, that not all. I, I got saved at, at church. We were to raise up our families in church. Uh, you know, do not forsake the assembly. Um, if a sinner wants to come with us to church, we're going to be like, oh, well, it's really not a place for you. It's, it's mainly for the saints. 
No, get them in the presence of God. Get them there. But it's but the church is should not be pushed on the lost. Christ and his love and his compassion should be presented to the lost. And then when they come, then they now get equipped with how their lifestyle is supposed to look. Things that um, they need um, help bring guidance, help bring direction um, in, in, in their life. But we got to take the wording and and flip it. And you're thinking, uh, what's you know what what's so big about uh, wording? Why why is that such a, a big deal? And and I'll, and I'll tell you that yes, it might seem like a small thing, and uh, just well, who cares about the wording? But when you look at that and how I saw it growing up, and I know there are others who saw it the exact same way because I've talked to them about it. I've talked to many about who, um, who even have left the church because it was like I couldn't find the call. Like I, I just I don't know, and how despise they, they despise that that term because it. And I talked about this earlier, and now I'm going to talk more about it. But it puts a pressure on Christians or on you and I that we have to be searching for something. Almost like God's hidden it from us. Okay, now that I'm a Christian and now that I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, that now I am to pursue the call of God in my life. And it, and it, 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 it pushes that like every decision that we make needs to be based around the call. And with that comes a lingo of don't miss it. You need to find the call of God in your life, find what God has called you to, and pray that you don't miss it. And I've actually heard this. I've had, I've had this said to me. And I just don't want you to miss what God has for you. And this, and the more mature I get, and the more I look at this, I'm thinking that's not biblical at all. And you've been thinking, what do you mean that's not biblical? Well, here's where I'm going. Here's where I'm coming from. Show me. And hang on, let me back up and let me. Um, I have been, you know, changed my life. You know, I've made some decisions in my life um, that I felt were uh, was was the leading of the spirit. Um, and I've had it, and in those. I've had up uh, and saying we well, need to do A, B, and C to verify this is what you're feeling and, and believing. Um, that way you don't miss out what on what God has for you. And and that's what I mean by it's not biblical because show me show me scripture in the Bible where somebody had a sincere desire uh, to follow the Spirit. To listen to God's voice, um, and was diligently seeking Him, but yet missed what 
the call or miss what God had for them because they made the wrong decision when they thought they were following the lead in the Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about those that blatantly disobeyed. I'm not talking about when God says, um, destroy everything and leave no stone unturned, and then they come back and they say the best and they offered it up as a sacrifice. I'm not talking about disobedience here at all, whatsoever. What I'm talking about is show me somebody in the Bible. Show me scripture. Show me Bible where somebody was diligently seeking after his presence, his will, his desire over their life um, and made a call. And the guy was like, nope, that wasn't it. You missed it. Show me that. But yet we have created a culture within um, religion that says you need to be seeking after this and that because if you don't, then you're going to miss what God has for you. What? That creates a pressure on us to constantly be searching for things, to be looking at things that, that, that creates fear. That is a fear. That produces fear-mongering. I am so afraid of making the wrong decision that it freezes people up, that they can't follow the Spirit, and they need three or six things to confirm that that's what the Spirit's leading them to do. I should have, a, I should have such a close relationship with Christ that I recognize his leading of this of this spirit, that I recognize his voice. I don't need anything to confirm. And that and and it kind of goes back to what I talk about um before how there's you know using law and keeping it around to kind of control things. Um and, and that's some you know that in religion there's you know, we're supposed to be um, we are we come into Christ through His Spirit you know we um, and we are born of His Spirit. I don't live by the law; I live by the Spirit of Christ in me. But yet, some religion states, "Let's keep some of this old law around because we can now control a little bit of what they do instead of just." Give, allowing them to move in the spirit and trusting and then raising up a mature uh, body within our churches to trust in the spirit and to move and flow in the spirit. And, and then with that, you don't need, like I said, a, you, I don't have to call up my, my pastor and be like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. And then what, what do you think? What are you feeling? Has God given you a word for me? No, like, follow the Spirit. The Bible, you know, Christ says, ask and you will receive. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. It, the will, what, the plan is not a treasure hunt. It's not a scavenger hunt. God's not leading clues all over uh, the place for us. It's very plain. It's very. It's there. But we have to establish and we have to create a culture 
where we say, God has a call for everybody in this room. And that is to be the light, to be his vessels, to be his priest, to be his ambassadors. And to give the spirit and to give hope and to give love and to give Christ to those who are hurting, who are dying, who are sick, who are out there in need of him. But find the gift that God has given you to fulfill that. And it doesn't take much to find out the gifts that you have in your life. Like my wife is a very good draw, um, artist. She draws very good. She's also very good at engaging people. She actually has, she would. She says she has social anxiety, but I'm telling you, um, people are drawn to her. And nothing, my wife can pray. Um, that, I mean, when, when she prays, I know God, like, Sometimes it's not it's not the most complex prayer. It's simple to the point, but there is something behind each prayer that I hear my wife say. Um, and she uses that to fulfill the call. Um, again, like I have um, I have no problem talking to people. Um, and sometimes I get a little nervous out in front of people. Um, but I have no problem engaging people. I use that to fulfill the call. Um, I'm, you know, at time I, you know, in, in person, I'm kind of sometimes the funny guy. I use that to lighten the mood and again, to fulfill a call. Taking the gifts on our life and applying them to what God has for us to do. So what I want to ask you today And this is the final thing. Stop trying to find the call of God on your life. Stop worrying or being afraid that you're going to miss out on what God has for you because you're not fulfilling a certain aspect that he's supposed to have for you. Stop. Don't look to fulfill the call, but rather take the gifts that God has given you, the talents that God has given you, and look for opportunities to apply it to fulfill the commission that God has given us. Ask him to open the door to opportunities to be able to use them, and that is fulfilling the call on your life. I hope this has spoken to you today. I hope that this has given you something. Um, again, I know this is could be a little controversial, um, but I hope you really understand what I'm trying to push, what I'm trying to say here. Um, again, if you would like to uh, email me and reach out and discuss some things, uh, you can email me at Kingdom Life with Matt Bushiers at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. Uh, and hope you have a great rest of your week and take care.